everyone. My name is Jill McCanny. I'm one of the trainer advisors in Middletown Centre for Autism and I am delighted to be joined by Adam Harris and Adam is going to present this podcast on the theme of what works for me, a follow on from the two live webinars actually that Adam presented for us during the past couple of months. So just to give a little bit of an introduction to Adam, although for many of you Adam needs no introduction, Adam founded the organisation As I Am in 2013. He's the CEO of the organisation and also sits on a number of other committees supporting autism awareness, understanding and inclusion. Adam is an extremely engaging presenter, as many of you will be aware, and an enthusiastic blogger. Adam's drive to create a more inclusive and autism aware society comes from his own experience. He was diagnosed as a young child and during his teenage years, he became frustrated with the limited understanding of autism and so then he established As I Am. So Adam, you're very welcome. Great to chat to you. Lovely to chat to you as well and always love working with the Middletown Centre. So thanks for inviting me to participate in this podcast. You've said that with autism, some aspects create challenges and some aspects create opportunities. And that has been particularly pertinent during this pandemic. So can you explain a little bit more on how you think that idea of challenges and opportunities has played out during COVID? Absolutely. Well, I suppose how I always view autism is, is a set of differences. And like with any difference, some differences pose challenges in day-to-day life. Some challenges arise from how other people respond to those differences. And then, of course, we also need we know our differences are what make us who we are. And differences are so important and needed within society as well. So I definitely view autism, I suppose, through that kind of matrix. And I think it's been very interesting over the past number of months to, to see that as play out because I, what I've seen is some people writing to me saying I'm finding this period really difficult the lack of structure the lack of routine the really kind of anxiety inducing messaging that we're all experiencing constantly that is something that I'm really struggling with on the other end what I've I've experienced is people say to me this has really been a game changer for me all of a sudden not having to move from sensory environment to sensory environment having to interact with lots of people deal with countless different social situations every day that's been a big relief and it's given me an opportunity to reconnect with the things that I'm interested in and kind of click the reset button a little bit. And certainly, I think from running a team and a team made up about over 50% of autistic people, I think that's been our experience as well. There's been parts of this crisis that have been really difficult. They've been really hard to predict and they've been difficult to manage. And I think it's been a roller coaster emotion-wise for many people. Equally, there's some things that I think are exciting. Certainly, as somebody who travels a huge amount for my job usually and interacts with a lot of people, but does find at times that to be very, very exhausting. One of the things I find very difficult is organizational skills and not having to contend with that and ha- being all under one roof for the last little while has been a huge relief for me. And I found productivity increasing. That said, I did find that at times, I suppose, the lack of structure of the day just lent itself to anxiety. So exercise and keeping busy has been something that's been very important for me during this period. But I do think it's that mix of experiences. And what we need to make sure, I think, is that the things that have been highlighted, and I think the thing that really stands out for me is the insufficient support for many people on the spectrum. We need to make sure we really address those issues now and we don't allow them to happen again or to, per- to persist as normal. But equally, I think there's things that we've learned about ourselves and about society over the last number of months that I think we should use as learning opportunities. And I think perhaps the biggest sense is, you know, people are talking about the new normal. And what I would like to think is that the idea of normal has been destroyed 
during this period because we were told for a great many number of years there was only one way to learn, there was only one way to work, there was only one way to dress, there was only one day to structure a day. And all of that's proven to be to be nonsense. And I think what we have to say is that the concept of a right way of doing things, which so often excludes so many autistic people, that's really been put into vogue now. And I think what we have to look at is how can we have that adaptability in our society to ensure that every autistic person can participate and contribute. Fantastic, Adam. Thank you. And yes, I think certainly the whole concept of working at home has really taken off and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out now. In your presentation for Middletown, you'd said the thing we were excited about or worried about may have changed. Are you excited about new or different things now? I think so. And you know, one of the things that has just really excited me over the last period of time is the ability to focus really intensely on the things that we wanted to achieve for the autism community. And it's been brilliant over the last number of months to be able to bring out a lot of resources that I hope have made some contribution. One of the things I'd like to talk about and maybe just I think might be interesting to your listeners is the Bridge Back to School publication that as I am working with our colleagues in Mary Immaculate College and SuperValue to look at how can we ensure that the return to school, which is so craved by many autistic students and their families, that people are prepared for that properly. I think sometimes it worries me that people think that a return to the new normal will be great for all autistic people because it will just be back to your routine but a it takes a lot to establish a routine for an autistic person and b obviously it's a completely new routine with all the restrictions and everything that's in place so i was delighted to be able to produce that resource it's available on our website it's a 50 page booklet that you can print off and it's augmented by resources that's something that i've been able to redirect a lot of my time to and i've gotten some good feedback on so i'm I'm hopeful that it will make a difference really double down as well on the whole idea of using online as a means to support the autism community, you know, running webinars as you've been doing so brilliantly as well. So, you know, I'm really excited about what we can achieve as an organization. My whole way of looking at what we could achieve has has changed. Definitely like a lot of people, there there was stresses and concerns. I was very worried at the start that we weren't going to be able to function at all. Big worry because I knew our community would really need us. And then as well as that, you know, like a lot of charities, we had the concerns about would we be able to keep a roof over our head from the point of view of having to cancel vast number of fundraisers and things like that. So it definitely hasn't been without its stresses. Yeah, I definitely think overall, I have found it a really exciting time to be able to, you know, so often I find, I was talking to you before we started recording about how chaotic life is and I struggle to, to, to move from one activity to another. And that tends to be the constant rhythm of my life and be able to hit pause and actually focus on things that I want to do that I think are helpful to do instead of just panicking from day to day to day has been a relief and is something that I'm excited about and something that I hope I can maintain as the new normal begins to creep in a little bit. Yes, I've been reading more and more articles about people saying exactly the same thing, Adam, that just suddenly the realisation of how fast life is. And the other thing, you know, that that I might just talk about is Mm -hmm. uh, something that I think, you know, we always talk about autism friendly and how that's something that everyone can play a part in, that it's not just something for professionals or families or, or educators, that it's something that everybody within society needs to do and be understanding of. And I think, you know, we've had an interesting experience with this over the past little while, because I think one of the things that I'm most excited about is I think we've seen how kind society can be and how decent people really can be and how strong communities are. And I think that bodes really well for me and for what we're trying to achieve, because I guess what I've 
been concerned about is we've, you know, we had to celebrate World Autism Month during COVID, obviously this year. So all the events and activities we usually would plan, they were all obviously parked. And one of the things I suppose that I think is important, and it, it kind of is about taking advantage of this kindness and making sure we pull it forward, is there can be a, a tendency to think that we don't have to focus on things like autism at the moment. We have to focus on COVID, but actually we need to be more autism friendly than ever because all of the unpredictability that we're dealing with now makes clear communication more important than ever, makes calm environment more important than ever, makes clarity and predictability more important than ever. And I think it's it's really important that we keep, that because we've seen how kind people can be, that we continuously remind people of that. One of the things I am concerned about is, I suppose, as we're moving into that new normal and people are very anxious and I understand that anxiety and we see it within our own community about, you know, the risks of getting the virus, people coming very sick. But we need to also kind of, I think, have a twin track approach and remind people that not every autistic person understands social distancing. Not every autistic person can wear a face mask, for example. I'm excited about the kindness, but we need to make sure we harness it to highlight why it's more important than ever to be autism friendly. One of the points that you've drawn out, Adam, in your top tips is about understanding why some people with autism will have difficulty in wearing a mask. Can you expand on that a little bit more and explain why that might be difficult? Absolutely. And it's something certainly I've received a lot of correspondence and concern from the community in recent times. I suppose, you know, some autistic people will find the sensory aspect of the material on the face too much to to deal with. Other autistic people find it kind of quite a claustrophobic experience and that can lead to anxiety, a sense that you're not able to breathe. Indeed, some autistic people, what can be particularly stressful is other people wearing masks. That wasn't something we've grown to expect and that's caused anxiety. Or indeed, some people who, you know, have spent many years studying facial expression, suddenly not being able to see facial expression is not helpful and is challenging as well. What I would say is, Many of us who are autistic are able to wear a mask. I'm autistic, I wear a mask, as do many members of my team. But it's about recognizing that not every autistic person is able to. And the reason we're wearing masks is is in part for those who are unable to. So I think it's just about realizing that when we see people in in public who may not be wearing masks, to understand why that is the case. For community members who, you know, I've I've talked to people in recent weeks who, who say the only place they've gone in recent times is the supermarket. And now they're worried that the rules around a face mask could make that even challenging. What I would say to people is that if that's causing you anxiety, you can via our website download a letter that you can print out, which just explains a little bit about why some autistic people may be unable to wear face coverings. So maybe that's something that you can carry. You don't need to carry it, but it will give you confidence if somebody on a train asks you or if a security guard in a shopping center asks you. The regulations here in the in the South make specific accommodations for people with disabilities in this area. And that is something that it is understood and indeed our letter is actually on the Garda portal as well so that so that its members are aware of it so that's just a tool in the toolbox for people who may be anxious and again we're working as hard as we can to try and educate people to understand that not everyone can wear face masks and the best thing you can do to help with that is if you can wear one to wear one. Really good advice there Adam and I also like the advice that you've provided about hand sanitizer as well that not every autistic individual is going to be able to cope with the different sanitizers because they're all so different right? to the automatic hand sanitizers and so on. So carrying their own sanitizer may be a useful alternative for some of our children and young people. As we see schools reopen as well, one of the things that has been highlighted has been, you know, of course, we're going to be all using a lot more cleaning products and that's really important. But it's really positive if we can try and use odorless ones where possible. 
And I think the other thing that, that's helpful and maybe of interest to people, our own youth leadership team put together a fantastic campaign called Lockdown Unlocked, which is available on our website at the moment. And it's a series of posters and tip sheets and, and graphics to explain to teachers and peers the little things they might do at the moment uh, when schools reopen to just support peers who may find the transition a little bit more challenging. Yes, and I'd recommend anybody listening to visit your website and have a look at that particular resource because it's really useful. And I think it's going to be a valuable resource as we go into that transition back to school. You have mentioned then some of the changes that you made in your professional life, in particular, really expanding the As I Am website. What changes have you made to your sort of personal daily life that have helped you? Yeah, so I suppose when this all struck, the first thing that happened was we were obviously really busy, both in terms of trying to plan for supporting the community and also to try and make sure that we were stable as an organisation. It happened right on the cusp of World Autism Month, so that certainly presented challenges. And that was great for me because I find when I'm focused on my work, I'm much more calm and much more relaxed. As COVID wore on and I began to have a bit more time, that was challenging because I find when I sit too much with my own thoughts, my mind begins to race and anxiety sets in. So two things that I've tried to do is A, stay as busy as I can and I find that I'm happiest when I'm working uh, and B when I'm not working to engage in as much exercise as I can so when I do long walks that helps reduce my anxiety massively it keeps me occupied and it burns energy and both of those help with anxiety and the other thing that I try and do is engage a bit in things I'm most passionate about so I've been reading a lot of history uh, which is my first love in life and also I have been making Lego so Lego is something that I find to be incredibly relaxing and I rediscovered a couple of years ago so I've been making more Lego than I usually do and that's been fun as well yes my daughter has really discovered a love for Lego during all of this. Yeah. I think it's just such a great focused activity and it allows that structure alongside some creativity as well. So it's a lovely activity. So you've obviously allowed then more time for relaxation. And I know I find that myself that one of the unexpected benefits of the circumstances were, as we've said earlier, that life slowed down. So is there anything, any change that you made that you will keep as we head towards whatever normality is going to be over the next few months? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm definitely going to try and be a lot more focused about what I do moving forward. I'm somebody who finds it very difficult to say no. And I just go, 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 go all the time. And as I mentioned, that go, go, go is good for me because it keeps me purposeful and calm. But at the same time, what I don't miss is all the executive functioning problems uh, that come with it and I've even seen them begin to set in a little bit as meetings have began to happen again and it's been possible to go outside a little bit so one of the things I'm going to try and do is continue to try and be a little bit more structured in what I do and try and be a little bit more online than just around the country all the time so I'm definitely the area I struggle the most with in, in my daily life is organization and, and self-management and just reducing that a little bit has actually made me more productive so I really want to keep at that if I can. Excellent yeah we'll see if we'll revisit this in a few months and see if we've both managed to keep to our resolutions. You know when I might be <laughs> I will but let's wait to see. Uh, so autistic people have a big part to play in creating the new normal as this approaches now how do you feel that autistic people can contribute to the problem solving we need to do really on a global scale? I think that's a, a really interesting question. Of course, we've seen this even before COVID, how autistic people can be leaders in so many of these spaces. I think there's a, a lot to be discussed and explored about how COVID-19 has had an impact, for example, on environmental matters. And of course, it is one of our own community who is really leading that movement in, the, in, in terms of Greta Thunberg. And I think what is important, you know, we've seen so much discussion about how we're going to reopen society, how we're going to look at trying to do things differently, look at what's achieved and what's been learned, try things in a different way. And I think central that has to be autistic people at every juncture because we, we every day of our lives do things in a different way, see things in a different way to other people. And certainly what As I Am will be trying 
trying to do in, in, in the period ahead, uh, as well as just focusing on the, the traditional issues about about artists, actually to try and make sure that when we design this new world we're all going to be living in, that the artistic voice is embedded in that. So whether that's about things like remote working, whether that's to be to do with how education works and how assessment within education takes place, whether that's to do with how social conventions and norms have to work, I think our community has a lot to play in that. And I think that's why autism self-advocacy really needs to continue to be nurtured and not just, I, I think it, what's exciting is we've usually talked about autism self-advocacy, just about serving the autism community. I think autism self-advocates and autistic self-advocates can actually play a really useful contribution in shaping and informing how the world can maybe look at doing things in a different way moving forward. And that's something my team and I are certainly going to encourage and foster as much as we can. Yes, I think it's going to be really exciting to watch that space. One of the things that's very interesting, I've always felt with autism, you know, there has been a great awareness and increasingly, you know, we've talked about understanding, you know, the ultimate goal is acceptance. And I think that one of the things that is challenging has been, and I have always felt that the missing piece in terms of changing the world for autistic people isn't really about facts and stats and figures, or it isn't even about people wanting to do the right thing. I think most people do want to do the right thing, but I think it's often about empathy. Very often we would bring our autism experience exhibition around the country and let people experience, you know, communication breakdown. But what's been really interesting about COVID is it's done something more broadly as well. And that is that, you know, we've heard about how terrible it is for children to be out of school and how that's completely unfair. We've heard, for example, about how hard it is for people to be socially isolated, to not be able to be participating in their community or to have friends or to not be able to go to the favourite restaurant or the favourite bar that they enjoy in their community. And what's really interesting is people have felt that and, you know, felt it harshly and it's had a huge impact on everybody. But I think if, if something good is to come from it, it's maybe about helping people understand that that social isolation that people have felt, that lack of support, that lack of accessibility. What's been interesting for our community is too often that's been a norm. And I hope that as a society, really those experiences will inform how people think about people who are too often excluded and that it might see improvements in in how we approach autism inclusion as a result. Yeah, I think that's a really inspiring point to make there, Adam. And I hope that we'll bear that mind as we go forward now in offering support that we can draw on these experiences as a very concrete example for everyone of how these circumstances felt. Adam, just to finish off then, what did you miss the most and what are you looking forward to getting back to the most? I know that for me, it's just the freedom of getting out for a coffee. What are you looking forward to? Well, it's interesting. I guess there was probably two things during during lockdown and that was anyone who kind of would know my story would know that my friends have been a really important part of that story and that journey and obviously not being able to, to see them for a period of weeks was it was challenging and it's been great to be able to to do that the last little while to meet up again at the weekends. We went on a trip to Galway, which was really positive and enjoyed that. As well as that, it's been lovely, I have to say, over the last uh, couple of weeks to be able to go into the office more and to have that kind of dedicated workspace. So that's been something that's been really positive and I've really enjoyed. So I'm happy with those two things. One of the things I am missing is uh, is travel. I'm lucky in my job that I get to travel abroad a few times a year, used to go to conferences and stuff. And I love travel and getting on a plane and experience in different cities. Definitely not going to do it till it's safe, but hopefully maybe sometime next year, it'll be possible to do that again. And that's something I'm looking forward to for sure. So Adam, this has been really interesting and as always, very inspiring. And I know 
all of our listeners are going to get a really good insight into the work that you're doing and I would really encourage again anyone to go to your website which is www.asiam.ie and have a look at the huge number of new resources that you've put up there and that no doubt you're going to continue to put up and particularly as we transition now back into school and back into whatever new normal life is going to look uh, like I think your work is going to prove really useful in that and if I can just say as well it, it, thank you for, for your kind words but I think as well it, it is just important to say I know the Middletown Centre is so valued that not being available is challenging but it's been really positive and inspiring to see how quickly you've been able to put so many of your resources online and webinars and, and creating your hub on the website and I know that's been hugely helpful to families as well and I know that both organisations will, will want to wish the very best luck to, to teachers who are listening to this yeah. And also to parents and to young people as they prepare for the return to school. That's the big goal. But obviously, I know we'll be as keen to support people in what will be a challenging time, but an exciting time as well in, in the next little while. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Adam. So, Adam, it's been a pleasure as always. I'm going to let you go now and relax. And we'll catch up again another time. Thank you very much, Jill. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us for that podcast. And just to let you know that Middletown will be continuing this series of podcasts, which you can access either through Spotify or through Middletown Centre's website. Thank you again and good evening. Mm-hmm.